Hey guys, you're now listening to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast hosted by me, Ray Benjamin. Whether we're discussing racism, economics, or just basic millennial bullshit, I always seek to educate my listeners with a mix of humor, honesty, and zero chill. New episodes are available every other Sunday at 9.30pm on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know... Wherever you listen to the podcast, you're listening to this now, so you must have figured it out somehow, people. Um, you can also visit stuffidontlike.net to keep up with the show and for more information about the podcast. And if you could please do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review, follow, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. The way that the algorithms work for most of those apps is that the more you know, reviews and likes a podcast has the more they push it to other listeners to discover. So if you like the show, you know, give us that five-star rating. You know, even if you don't like the show, give us that five-star rating and just, you know, lie. I won't tell anybody. You won't tell anybody. So it really doesn't hurt anyone. So let's get into another episode of the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. Today I have with me on the show Ashley Gillett, and she is the author of Red Flags Run. Uh, It's a great book about uh, warning signs and relationships, and she's just going to discuss, you know, how we can avoid getting caught in those traps and just some tips for all you guys out there to avoid so thanks for being on the show Ashley thank you for having me I'm so glad you invited me on oh I'm really excited so first of all Uh like did all the stuff in this book happen like these are real yes (laughs) yes everyone asks me um even people like while they're reading the book I'll get dms I'll get messages on instagram facebook I'll get emails like, no, seriously, did you really, did you really give him money? Did you really do that? So I'm like, yes, everything in the book is true. Only thing that's not true, of course, is the names for legal purposes and the jobs and like the descriptions of them. So that was changed up. Oh my gosh. Because some of these stories, well, all of them are pretty like, this sounds like a movie. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So like the one, the one of the craziest ones for me was mm-hmm. actually one of the first stories in the book, the Demarius. Oh yeah, baby like, boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, so for those of the readers, I mean the listeners who haven't read the book, can you describe just like the Demarius dating situation? What happened with him? Okay, so um he lived, I lived in Brooklyn. He lived in Long Island. For those of you who don't know, it's about, I would say, depending on uh, what state you live in, it's approximately about a 40-minute drive. So at the time, I didn't have a vehicle. And he had a car. Um, so he basically told me his car wouldn't make it to Brooklyn to come see me. So I would have to get on a train to come and visit him or, um, you know, whenever we needed to see each other. But on our first date, he told me I had to take the train to, to a mutual location in Queens. And he asked me to buy him a shirt so he can look <laughs> nice for our date. 
And he made it seem, he was like, you know, I just want a black tee. I want to look nice for you. Um, it's only $4.99 or whatever it was. Because at the time you can get uh, either plain black black tees or white tees for really cheap. So he asked me to buy it and I bought it like <laughs> a little dummy. I bought it and I took it, the shirt right to him. And I guess he went in the bathroom and changed uh, for our date. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and from that point on, he was very comfortable asking me to do stuff for him with, um, and asking me for money. So I kind of, that, that little door, I guess he tried, even though it was a small amount, that just opened and led to him asking me for money, for me to Western Union him money, even though he, we live in the same state, for me to pay for stuff for his kids, for me to basically just pay for everything, for dates, whatever it was, I paid for it. Yeah, and then it he was you weren't just paying, he was also lying to you. He yep. had other lady pregnant. Yeah. And was lying about that, just like lies. Just lie after lie. And he was the king of disappearing. I I actually invited him one time to my house um for I think it was a picnic or a barbecue. And he agreed. And when the day came and I'm calling his phone and it's going straight to voicemail. And it went straight to voiceover for about three days. So I'm like, so, and then of course he comes back with the line stories or my phone. I couldn't find my charger. I couldn't, it's just, it was just never ending with the lies. But come to find out, he already had two kids, but he had one on the way, which he kept lying about that to my face, saying that she's lying. But of course, because she reached out to me, she found my number because, you know, Girls are private investigators, and we can find out what we want to find out. So she reached out to me, and actually, she texted me from his phone. He fell asleep, and she texted me from his phone. And I said, okay. And, of course, he lied and got his way out of that. And I didn't believe him, but I accepted it. I accepted the lies that he gave me because I just was comfortable being with him. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was just a lot of craziness in that that one relationship but then as you said you read the whole book so you yeah, already know this yeah, that, that was just the, the first one so that was just <laughs> chapter one the the one that also got me was this jakir slash jakel person yes <laughs> yes so um his nickname was jalaya and actually that is his real nickname so his so his aunt gave me that nickname because when i tell you he lied about his name his age, how many kids he have. He lied about driver's license, just everything. Uh, it, the, it, there was no end to the lies. And the editors actually cut out so much that I went through. Oh, he, really? he, he, yes. <laughs> so every, yes. So all the stories, they were condensed. So there's a lot that is missing. And I'm actually thinking about doing an uncut version because the amount of stuff that I went through, especially with July he definitely needs his own book. Yeah. He definitely. He lied about everything. You and you saw that he bit me. Yes. I don't want to give everything <laughs> away, but yes. Because he lied about his name, his age, and having a license. And I saw it that one day. That yeah, that's some like these these stories. I I I'm reading this and I really could not believe this. Yes. <laughs> and you, you know the editors, um, so while they so they read it. And, um, you know, they read my first manuscript and they kept messaging me. They said, 
um, you know, some of the, the, the co-workers here are reading a story and they are just like, first they're laughing because it's very comical. Then they said they see themselves in a story or two, if not all. Then mm. they're like, is this true? Like, are you serious? Like, did this really happen? I'm like, yes, this all happened. <laughs> that I went through a lot, mm. a lot, a lot, a lot. Well, kudos to you for surviving all of these crazy men. Cause yes. I yes. feel like I'm exhausted just reading this book. Yeah, I was ex- it was making my stomach hurt when I was actually sitting there typing it. Just yeah. thinking about all the things that I went through with each of the men, whether I was in a relationship with them them or not, or dating. Mm-hmm. It was it made me so it made me sick to my stomach. Like talking about deranged or or July, or like, you know, all the, the, the relationship parts. That, it just made me sick to my stomach that I allowed so much. That's, so much I allowed. That's also what I wanted to talk about. So reading through all the stories, like you organize them by, you know, like relationships versus dating. Right. How you just describe each man and sort of the red flags in that situation. Mm-hmm. But for me reading them, I recognize like sort of all of these men were very similar. Like, yes, we're all liars, first of all. Like, right. Like that was number one. Liars. And the, the, what I saw as a common thread is that most of them all wanted to go from like, you just met this person to now they're like, oh, I'm looking for a wife. Like everything progressed extremely quickly to yeah. where like you are in a relationship with this person that you don't even really know very well and right financial and taking care support. of them. yeah yeah they're like immediately from the gate are asking you to like lend them money or yes the one dude the rental car situation with Mari and like <laughs> oh my god and also what I found in several situations were that their own family member, sort like whether it was their mothers or the aunt in one situation, were warning you to stay away from them. Yep. And that's what I found interesting. So like I would ask, why did you stay with these men? I felt like um I think it was low self-esteem at the time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were cute and I was comfortable. And that they paid me attention whenever they did pay me attention. And, you know, it was a, a factor of low self-esteem, lack of self-love. Um, I was overweight. I lost a lot of weight since then. But um, it was a lot of things internal because I was I was raised in a two-family home. Yeah. And both parents show, showed me love, both of them. But honestly, uh, my father's a pastor. My mom is, uh, you know, she she's a church lady whatever you want to call it and they honestly never ever taught me anything about relationships they never taught me anything about street smarts so don't let a man take advantage of you da, da, da. they were their whole thing was you can you can just have your husband like guys gonna send you your husband and you just gonna go from single to married like tomorrow mm-hmm. so they didn't teach me the in-between they didn't teach me the oh watch out for this watch out for that don't fall for this do that they will only tell me scriptures so okay it was a, i'm not blaming them but that was a, a part in it and of course the lack of self-esteem and um no self-love so there was a lot like i that was my whole 20s of like dating and being in relationships even though they weren't like super long 
It's like four months, a year, you know, stuff like that. But that was like a period of time. And, you know, I really had to like back up from dating men. From when I turned 30, I had to like, you know, I had, reality hit me. Ashley, you need to get yourself together because you focus all your time, your spare time on these no good men. You need to focus on you. You need to work on yourself. You need to work on your book. You need to work on self-love. You need to work on your weight. You need to get your money back up because they drained me. They were, it, it seemed like they would ask me for money. Like they would ask me, oh, what do you do? At the time I was working in Wall Street. So they all of a sudden, they, I guess they hear or see dollar signs and they know that I don't have kids. So my money is available to them. That I think that's what it was because they would ask me like, certain questions and I will be uncomfortable because of past situations, but I will fall right into the same thing every single time. Yeah. That's what the pattern was established, but that's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to ask you why, because you did say in the book that, you know, your parents are married and you, they did have a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, you know, there's, I guess the stereotype that if like your parents were divorced or maybe you didn't know a parent or had a bad relationship Mm -hmm. those are the people that fall into these patterns but as you said you grew up in a loving home and didn't experience any of that but you still had to you know discover your own self-worth and struggle through these issues yeah I had to learn my on my own it wasn't I wasn't taught that a scripture I could tell you but (laughs) from my parents but uh relationships and don't let these men play you Mm-mm, not so much so did not you, so much I guess like you had to was your goal to get married or to you just wanted well, to yeah, be in a know, relationship so you just sort of stuck with these people in hopes that you know you get married yeah I mean you know look you like I'm seeing marriage in my family I'm seeing marriage this is what you're taught you know this is what women are taught get married, do this, have love, marriage, then baby. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is what I was taught. So that's initially what I, I thought I wanted, but I wanted it with the wrong person. Yeah. And I was willing to just, you know, settle for the wrong person. And I didn't know at the time, I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know where I was going, where I was headed in life. So that took another, you know, now I'm focused on purpose. I'm like, listen, if this man don't have no vision, no purpose or anything, you can't, we can't work together. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm dealing with these random dudes who got nothing going on for themselves, no job, no ambition, no, they just making kids. Like what, what does that have to do with me? So it was just a lot of not knowing who I was, not knowing where I was going and just settling for any man because maybe he was cute or he paid me attention and he, I, you know, just, you know, it was just certain things that I did that I, I didn't know better then, but now I know better. I know so much more. I know so much. I, I know better now. Like, you know, it was just a lot that I went through that I, that I just allowed and just let it, just let it rock. And, and now I'm just, I'm just not with the nonsense anymore. So I dealt with enough. No, because I think like you were saying, especially growing up in the church, you might mm-hmm. be pressured to get married and have kids, like you were saying. But so a lot of people are just concerned about a wedding, mm-hmm. getting married, but not the actual marriage. Like <laughs> right, right, right. You wanna you wanna be married to someone who is a, a equally matched life partner, yes. not equally. just anyone. 
that you so you can say that you're in a relationship or have a husband. Exactly. You know, I hear all the time, you're not getting any younger. When you're going to get married? Well, hello, I need a man who's <laughs> like, <laughs> hello, like the ones I had. Did you not read my book? Like, yes. hello, give me a minute. Like, give me a minute. Have you, I know, you know, a lot of people in my church, they read the book. They didn't get the book through me, but they went ahead and ordered it sneaked through Amazon so they, to be nosy. But now all of them, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, good and well, the nonsense I went through. I might not have told you in the past, but now, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Ashley's just not with the nonsense anymore. That's true. But I think I'm just not with it. You, that's good. I think a lot of like old school mentality is just like, just get a man. Like that's how my grandma. Yeah. Is. Just go on and get a man. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this man is trash. <laughs> and she's like, no, they'd be like, well, he's a big, strong man. Go on and yes, get him. They don't that man. Care. Yeah. It's just like, just get a man. They don't even care the qualities of the man. Right. They don't care. He got, if he got six kids, six um, mothers, they don't care if he's um whooping, like beating on you. Yeah. They don't care as long as it's, he's cute, he's tall, <laughs> he's strong, and he bring that paycheck home. It's not all about that. Yeah, no, that's it's not nice. it. Especially because, you know, if you are a woman, like the olden times are over. Like you can get a job, you can work for yourself. So Absolutely. it's not just about having a man. You need to have a man that's going to be respectful to you. Absolutely. Something to the table. Because like we don't, we're not forced to just marry someone because we have to rely on that income. Right now, That's a fact. Yeah, you're getting married. It has to be out of you know mutual benefit to both of you. Because some women have seven jobs. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm one of them. Exactly. You see, That's I do a lot. I do a lot. I I do mortgages. I sing. Um, I'm in. I sing. I, um, my sister has a wedding business. I do weddings with her. Um, and then of course I'm always on the go doing my red flags and stuff. I'm working on my second book. So it's a lot of stuff I do, but I make time for what I'm going to make time for. You know, it can't just be some random man who, who don't know where he's going. He don't know his purpose. He don't know vision. He has no dreams. He don't know what he's doing yeah. with his life. So I can't get with that. Not anymore. No, I, I can say that. The one I also wanted to talk about was Anthony, aka Stax. That was his name. <laughs> but oh lord, I thought that that was aka deranged. Yes, he was like immediately like a stalker and um, crazy yes. with you. Yeah, but I think a lot of people, girls, can sort of uh, misidentify like someone being obsessed with you as like romance yes I think that that sort of idea gets I think promoted in our culture like if you look at the most popular romance books of recent years are like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey but if you read those books they're just like crazy men who are obsessed with these girls (laughs) and like following just popping up yes yeah that's literally what those books are about it's just like a stalker but we like romanticize that as like oh that's so beautiful he just really but (laughs) that's not reality yeah like no it's not get away from this idea that like 
obsession and stalking is equal to love because that's not true at all. It's not. Um, he gave me the first sign that he had issues the first date and I ignored it. And that was probably the shortest relationship. And that was probably the worst relationship I've ever had. Like I could see any of those men. I actually saw two of them. Two of them came to me and apologized. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, they apologized. Actually, July apologized. And Baby Boy came apologized. Oh, and, wow. You know, but out of that entire book, I would say Deranged is one man I don't ever want to see. Like, yeah. literally, like, his mind and the fact that he told me he was in love with me the first date. And the yeah. fact that after we broke up five months you know, a five-month relationship. And I believe I had a whole nother relationship after that. It was almost two years and he saw me and he walked up on me in Target because he left a note on my car. And um, he walked up on me in Target and said I didn't follow instruction because he left a note for me to call him. So, like, and I didn't say a word. My heart was pounding. Like, I was freaked out, but I didn't say a word. I just let him talk. You know, he, he was terrible. Um, he never had, he didn't have a car in the beginning, but he had somebody follow me home. There was really no reason for him to know where I lived because he never picked me up and I, I always drove. So the fact that he had somebody follow me home so he can know where I live. And he said, you know, you're my woman. So I need to know everything you got going on every, everywhere you live and all that. Like crazy. And when I tried to pull back, that's when he showed me his true colors, threatening me, um, leaving, leaving threatening voicemails, leaving notes on my car, showing up at my church, mm. showing up at my house. Um, he spotted me on the sh- while I was driving, and he walked up to my car and tried to open the door. Mm. Like I had to get a restraining order. It was really, really bad. And... Um, that was probably that. No, it's not probably that was the worst relationship I had. And it was he it, it all started when he he told me he was in love with me and that he started fighting two men who was trying to talk to me while he wasn't around. He was in the bathroom. So two guys tried to talk to me and he came outside like the Incredible Hulk and started fighting them. And I'm like, you could have put me in danger. You don't know what these guys had. Like it could it could have went left quickly. And um, he just was crazy. He he had a, it was a mental issue for sure. It was a mental issue. Yeah, he was crazy. He was. It was no other way to explain it. He was crazy. The amount of stuff that happened in that five months was beyond ridiculous. So how did you? I guess did you, the red flags? Did you recognize them while you were in the relationship? Because this is my thing. I think that <laughs> we as women. I've been in relationships and thankfully none of them were this awful, <laughs> but Lord. I've been in ones where it's like, you recognize the red flag immediately. But mm-hmm. I know for me, I was always trying to make excuses like, oh, it's not that yes. bad or we could get over this. So for me, it was never that I didn't, I just was oblivious and didn't understand until, you know, a year later on self-reflection. Like I recognized immediately, I just continued to be in this situation even though I knew it was wrong. So was yes. that for you or yes? Yes, I um honestly I saw all the red flags in the beginning. 
but I chose to ignore it. Um, I had excuses, and I said I can fix it. Yeah, because I'm just that chick who could just fix it. That and that was my. A lot of people have that mentality of like we can fix it, or you know, it's Mm -hmm. not that. Try to downplay it. Oh, it's not that the deal. But I think from what I've like noticed is that things, in my opinion, just like get worse as time goes on. I don't think it gets better. So and then when you say one, are Mm -hmm. you? you're day one spotting things wrong with this person you're not gonna be able to fix them it's just gonna it's just gonna get worse yeah like i you know i saw i saw the red flags and of course i had excuses i had excuses saying it's not that bad i can fix it or because he's cute or because he got this or he's taught like it's just stupid stuff and then when you tell your friends they're looking at you like are you crazy yes. but and then You'll tell your friends, and they'll give you the answer that you already had. Um, they're they're going to tell you what you already knew. But then you sit there and say, oh, no. Well, you know, I, I understand. I get it. He, yeah. It's, he, he only does this because, and he did this because of this, this, and this. Like, I knew the red flags. I saw them. I ignored them just to stay. And, and then it was problems for me. It was big problems in each relationship. It was big problems. Yeah, and so I think what I what I really like in the book is that it's sort of like a workbook towards the mm-hmm. end, asking uh, you know the readers questions and they can yeah. in because that's what I think. Honestly, m- most people are intuitive; they know these things. It's more just right. like you need to have the self confidence and power to listen to yourself, listen yes. to your intuition, and when these red flags pop up just know like this is not cool and get out of the situation before it even progresses yes absolutely I um I actually actually after not dating from 30 to up until this year I didn't I just turned 35 um started dating and of course I thought I thought me not dating for so long that I wouldn't have to deal with this no because <laughs> I, I thought, like, you know, I prayed, I fast, I did stuff. I worked on me. I worked on Ashley. I did my book. I'm good. I don't have to go through this. But, honey, let me tell you, um, I've, I, I've, I've dealt with this not bad like that. And um, especially money thing. Like, I'll hang up and block you in a minute. Now, I don't play that anymore. Like, I'll, I'll, no. But I've dealt with um, some stuff, and I had to, like, really – it was somebody I really liked and I had to like sit and write all the bad things he did in this little short amount of time. And I had to say, you know what, Ashley, like, no, you're not about to, you're not, you don't need any more stories. Yeah. You got more than enough stories in that book. You're not about <laughs> to fall for this thing again. So you need to walk away and be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like enough is enough. I, I didn't think I would have to deal with this, but I have dealt with it again, but not, nothing to that magnitude. But um, there's some men I started talking to, and I promise you, I blocked them in like two hours. Because <laughs> he told me some <laughs> craziness. Like, I'm not with it anymore. Like, you you can't sit. No, 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 no. They didn't even know I had a book. And honestly, I don't even want the next man to know me to have my Instagram because... Yeah, I'm not going to be watching my Insta story and then complaining to me about stuff that I'm supposed to do for my book and what I have to do for my business. 
Like, come on now, stop it. I. But it's, it's crazy. I don't even want them to know my Instagram, to be honest with you, but it's kind of hard. But honestly, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with any more red flag situation after not dating for so long. But apparently, the creeps are still out. That's what, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just need to ask you, after reading all these stories in this book, you just described another situation. Do you still have hope? Like, I feel like after reading this book, I'm depressed and like men are trash. Um, I just want to stay inside. But no, I have have that attitude. Obviously, some men are are good. Yeah, I have hope. I know everybody's not trash. (laughs) I know. I just know. I know everybody's not trash. Like, me thinking about who I was a few years ago in those stupid relationships, I was not ready to be anybody's wife. Or anybody's mother. There's so much that I had to learn. There's so much I had to work on me that that would have been a divorce if I didn't marry any of those fools or anybody else back then. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the woman I am today. Not at at all. So, like, I know I can change and I'm sure there's going to be a man. I have hope that there's going to be a man who can connect and understand and communicate and be consistent and not try to use me for money and try to build an empire. I know there is a man. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope for any of these ladies or even the men because there'll be some good men and they get a lot of red flags on women. That's so true. you can't exclude them because I've, I've had some interesting friends in the past like, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> like when they tell me stuff, I'm like, what? I can never get away with that stuff. <laughs> it's just crazy. So, you know, even for my men, I'm not here to bash no men. Mm. I'm going to even work. I'm going to, I'm already started to work with the men so they can give me their stories That's so I can get it in a book because, you know, it's the men. There's a lot of men who meet a lot of red flags on women. I and it's, Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all the way around. You got red flags and friendships. You got red flags with family, and you got red flags on both sides. That's totally true. So I'm glad hope is still alive. Yes, <laughs> hope is alive. I might name my child Hope. Might as well. <laughs> hope is alive. That's good. So I was actually reading an, an article, and it it sort of applied to this book, and I think it applies to a lot of women out there but it was talking about self-esteem versus self-worth and that how those are actually two different things even though we confuse them a lot of times and that's how you can have people that are you know they're seemingly like confident strong sort of smart capable people but then they get trapped in these situations that don't really make sense and it was saying that self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves mm-hmm. versus self-worth is recognize recognizing that you are greater than all of those beliefs so self-esteem might be like i am smart i am funny i am cute i am this but mm-hmm. if you have self-worth, you're beyond that. And you know that you as a human are just mm-hmm. valuable intrinsically because you are a human and that you don't need to be thought of as cute or smart or right. have money and all these status to feel self-esteem is sort of based on external beliefs about you. Whereas right. 
worth is just I'm alive. I deserve to be loved because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a human. But I feel like we sort of that's why you can have individuals that have high self-esteem like Mm -hmm. yourself. They might be, you know, uh, you know, have a good job and might, you know, dress well, have this, that. But they their self-worth is low because they are dependent I guess on external factors to validate themselves that's how you get trapped in these situations and I was explaining that to my friend like Mm -hmm. one of her stories you know needs to be in this book because it's very similar (laughs) to you well Um, send her over because I'm doing a part two with friend's story (laughs) Cause she, Send her over. Yes, she's a very high achieving individual. You know, mm-hmm. she's a therapist and she's smart and she's beautiful. Okay. But she gets trapped in these situations with like mm-hmm. really bum sort of men. Like she yep. engaged to this man who turned out to be homeless. Like, oh Jesus! <laughs> <we didn't know. laughs> oh. Yes, and she just met this man, and it was sort of like the situations in your book where everything progressed really quickly. Like she met this dude at a party, they were engaged just a couple months later after having. And a he was ball. homeless. Yeah, she didn't know this though. <laughs> like, oh, when he was living in his car. Yes, he was living in the car. He mm. was like couch surfing and sleeping on friends, uh, like couch. Oh my God. Basically living out of his car. And he saw her like a high value, mm-hmm. like therapy. Ticket. Of, yeah. Mail ticket. Exactly. And so he was trying to lock her down. And all of us as friends were sort of like, this is weird. You're getting engaged to this dude. You've only been <laughs> dating a few months. And their relationship was long distance. So it's not like they were even seeing each other oh, every day. Yeah, to build that relationship. Yeah. It, and then finally he moved in with her. Of course, because she can't move in with him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't move into his car. Mind you, she like I said, she's a therapist. This man worked at the movie theater. Mm. <laughs> so like that's wow. already like you are a therapist. <laughs> oh my this. god! Like, and he no. done did the reverse psychology on her. Yes, she's, you see. It, but fi- they luckily, you know, broke off and didn't get end up getting married. But I was just like, how did you even get trapped in this situation? See? Because you're, you know, it's she, like I said, she is a high achieving, like smart, capable person, but she has a pattern of dating sort of like bum type of men. Yep. So I shared the article about self-esteem versus self-worth. Wow. And I think that that's very true because I think the stereotypical belief is that like, oh, these women, you know, don't care about themselves. So the end mm-hmm. of the situation, but that's not true. The vast yeah. majority of the time, like with yourself and I see lots of, you know, great, valuable women that get mm-hmm these situations and I think it's because they have you know a high external value and maybe Mm -hmm. high achievers but they don't really just have the intrinsic like I am deserving of love no matter what these external factors are wow so you need to send me that article it just opened my eyes and it just honestly it just answers some of my questions you know you never some things that need to be brought to your attention. And I'm just thinking of a friend, like, described her to a T, but 
what she accepts is like at the bottom of the barrel. And it just explained everything just now. Like I'm all about the self-love, self-knowledge, but self-esteem versus the self-worth, that's another, that's a blog right there. <laughs> like that's oh, a it's very topic. interesting because it this article it said, here, I'll read a clip. It said, it is possible to feel high self-esteem or in other words, to think I am good at something yet still mm-hmm. not feel convinced that I am lovable and worthy. Self doesn't last unless you have self worth. And wow, yeah, and it, it's those with high self esteem but low self worth may be in bad relationships to prove themselves. They they view relationships as sort of a challenge to mm-hmm. like I have to win, I have to improve these men, I have to do this, yeah, or like a a project. Yeah, I think it's it, a, a project. Lot, yeah, it is like a project. Like, well, if I can just get him to do this, and he's uh-huh. great. Like it, and it's like no, you need to be with someone that you don't have to fix you should just yes. be with someone that's already oh my God. <laughs> to be with I you. said I'm so tired of fixing men I'm so tired of doing their resumes I'm so tired <laughs> of telling them hey why don't you get a bank account stop going to the check cash in place <laughs> like I was so tired I, that was my thing tired of fixing men yeah. like you're supposed to help them you don't have to fix them yeah. like you help and you really can't change people. Like, no, you I, people change, but it's because they want to change, not right. anything you are saying. Yes. And if they change or try to fix something you complain about, it might be for a few seconds. Yeah. Like a few days, and then they'll slide right back into it. It has to be something life changing for them to make them want to change. Exactly. You cannot motivate other people to change. They have no. to with no. themselves. And it's so much work. It's so much easier to just find someone that you're you're just suited for. You don't have yeah. to change them. <laughs> like, exactly. And you guys just work together. Exactly. So I think it's all very interesting and I don't know, like so where is a good place? Where do you try to find men? Yeah, I know you said you're involved. <laughs> well, you're involved in the church, so I would think that. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're not at my church. Oh, okay. <laughs> I travel a lot. Okay, so let me tell you. Derange, they didn't put it in the book, but I met him on Match.com. Mm-hmm. The words I said I will never go again. Honestly, <laughs> I was actually just on NBC. It was oh. aired last week, and... It was on online dating. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've been on online. I've been on Match.com, uh, a few other um, apps or whatever. And it's all been a total fail. But honestly, um, it, for the four years that I wasn't dating, I wasn't looking. I didn't have a boo. Like, I was seriously single. I didn't have no boo. I wasn't going on no dates. It was nothing straight. No, no talking, nothing. But I just started dating this year, and honestly, um, two I, I dated two men that I was serious with, and they actually pursued me, and I didn't go looking for them. Mm-hmm. They kind of found they found me, and um, I tried the online thing for a few months in between those two, and it was trash. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna not. I'm just not because the the, the apps were trash. I think. Yeah. I think it was just. I agree. Four- 
but <laughs> I'm not saying all apps. But I'm not I saying all it. apps, but the but ones like know, POF yeah. and and um, I know other people. Like I know, like I have a coworker who got married from Tinder. Like see? my good friends, she's in a relationship with some dude she met on Tinder. Another couple I know got married from Bumble. So you I see, dang, not for me. <laughs> it just it just ain't work for me. But honestly, um, uh, my friend, she uh, I met her through through Facebook. She met her husband on what is it, Black People Meet, mm-hmm. and I sang at their wedding over a year ago, and they are the cutest couple. They have their own YouTube show. Like, I love them. She's my makeup artist. Like, don't get me wrong. Online dating, it works. I mean, especially if you're busy, if you're always at work, if you're this, that, and a third, if you're in church. It's hard to meet people, but I've seen people get married from Instagram. I know a what? couple who... Oh, yes. I know someone who's engaged from Instagram. Yes. They've gotten married from the men that slid in the DM or the woman that slid in the DM. Um, Facebook, I know a couple who is making seven figures now. They they met through Facebook. She was in California. He was in Chicago. And yes. So they, they just like friending f- random people on Facebook? How I, 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 I can't. They, he, um, how did he do it? So apparently they had a mutual friend and something happened. I guess she was tagged in a picture. And I guess he went investigating as he should. Oh looking at her stuff and he said he was impressed she didn't have nothing ratchet on her page and you know she had good content or whatever you want to call it but um and then he uh, eventually reached out to her and let me tell you they have a crazy crazy like conference uh they have a, a university online university like they are seven figures now like they just they just they just had two kids um, they, they just had their second daughter i believe their daughter is probably like one or going on two they got two daughters and they are facebook uh married through facebook well they met through <laughs> facebook so i don't get i don't downplay online dating because i've seen some very successful relationships it's just like you see you 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 can meet people out in the street and it still be terrible so it really it's just the 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 way we live now and the the social media and the internet it's just everything we have access to mm-hmm. i don't i don't downplay the online dating it just didn't work for ashley but it works for <laughs> my friends you know so um honestly right now i don't go looking for anyone i stopped that i had to like really stop doing that but um yeah i'm just i'm just um chilling right now you know and um so That's what about did you do? I asked, what did you do in the time that you weren't dating? You said you're working on yourself, but yes, what did that actually entail for you to to now you recognize that you know your old patterns of dating were not working? So how did you get over that and get okay. to the point where you can now like reject people quickly? Okay, so um, it probably had to do with me actually sitting down and writing the book. Um, okay, so like I would. Like I said, working on my weight because I was overweight. I lost like 42 pounds. Then um, writing, journaling, um, attending courses, classes, um, workshops about, um, you know, I, I started traveling a lot. I started working on myself. I started praying. I started fasting. There's a lot of things that I had to like just go. I would, I would 
drive away to a hotel and just, you know, let my family know that I'm there. And I would just take out my laptop and write and just focus on me and fast to get clear my head and not be consumed with Instagram and Facebook. I would put my phone on Do Not Disturb it, and I'd still do it to this day. It was just a lot of things that I had to do for Ashley to work on myself. So, you know, you start feeling better about yourself. You look better, you feel better. And um, I started watching classes um, about self-love and just um, just researching and studying and just pouring into myself. I can't pour into people if I don't, if I'm empty inside, learning to love myself. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who don't love themselves and they, they pour all their heart and soul into a relationship and you, but you're still empty inside. You're only happy when he's around or she's around, but like if they break up with you, then what? Yeah. You're not happy. So it was a, a lot that I did. And therefore I didn't know it was going to be that long. I was like, Oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> I'm over this now. So, but, um, you know, like I said, traveling, spending time, always doing something, singing, writing, um, just doing different things for Ashley, just focusing on Ashley. That's what I needed to do because all my spare time was focused on them. I would go to work and then go straight to them and, you know, give them my car or whatever. But Ashley had to focus on Ashley. And that was the best decision I made um, to do because it was needed. And now, um, you know, I'm out here in the streets. <laughs> I'm out here, but yeah, you know, I'm just pushing my brand, pushing my um, business, pushing my book, traveling, um, doing podcasts, uh, doing youth empowerment shows. I I started my podcast. Lord, I did not know in the beginning of 2018 that Ashley would be doing her own podcast and have her own show and be on like the stuff. Like I did vision boards. That's what I did a lot. I I hosted vision board parties. Um, and I went to shelters. I did vision board parties for women's shelters. I would, I, you know, did the feed in the homeless thing. Like I was giving back, you know, and um, pouring into myself. So that was the the main thing that I did for myself. That's that's a great. And I do think that you do need to focus on yourself mm-hmm. because a lot of like my friend that I told you that was. Mm-hmm. with the secretly homeless man <laughs> girl tell her to call get i'm gonna give you my number after this <laughs> we might have to use her in the book honey let me tell you she's about to get <laughs> she about to go on tour with me. so she broke up with this man and then her co-worker's like oh let me set you up on a date like she was just engaged to this man, broke up, and the next day you're trying to set her up oh, on a date. And I feel like that's a lot of people's mentality is like you end one relationship and yeah. you want to quickly jump into another relationship. But I think you really do need to be alone. Like if yes. you don't take time alone, you're just going to keep repeating the same cycle. Uh, yeah. Yes. I. That was my thing. Um my whole mentality was on to the next. Yeah. So when I broke up with Derange, on to the next. I broke up to July, on to the next. That's what my whole mentality was. It wasn't no, Ashley, why do you keep attracting these men? Yeah. Why do you keep Why do you keep getting men who want to ask you for money? Why do you keep um, allowing them to lie to you and you catch them? Like the, 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 the truth come, just drops in your lap. Sometimes you don't have to look for it and it drops in your lap. 
and you allow, you tell them they lie to your face and you accept it. Like, why do you keep doing that? So I never gave my chance or myself a chance to really sit and reflect and just to heal because I just went from one relationship to the next. I was dragging that baggage to the next relationship and to the next and to the next and to dating. So it was because I dated because you saw I basically dated the same man. Yeah, just different name. Very similar, like very similar, very very, very. They pre July I think asked me one time for money, but he would lie about everything. He would give me money, but honestly, I don't even know where that money came from because he had no job. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that was his other girlfriend. Oh yeah, the, bro- the brother thing really blew my mind. Girl, <laughs> girl, girl. <laughs> that's another. So first, Ooh, he was like, the brother was in jail, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, the brother's in jail. Got to help him. Then the brother's dead. I'm feeling <laughs> sorry for him, and then we find out this brother's not not even real. Okay, it's <laughs> a fake brother. Oh, he made me so mad like, that. You see, and it got to the point where I told my family. I was in I was in Georgia with my sister. I told her what happened. She feeling bad. I'm feeling bad. I'm like, let me go home. Let me hurry up and go home. He's like, no, enjoy your trip. I'm like, sir, you just tell me your little baby brother just got killed and you tell me to enjoy my trip. Like, that just don't feel right to me. And then when I come back, I'm asking him, okay, when's the funeral? Okay, when are you doing this? Oh, oh, I got to pay for the funeral myself. Oh, oh, this, then the third. And then I'm telling my family members and I'm telling my friends and they're asking me, oh, tell me when's the funeral. Let me know because my aunts loved him. Oh, if they need me to cook anything, just let me know. And they're asking me day after day after day. And until I started, I had to lie and say, we, we had the funeral already. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> See, you get into these hats. Like you start, they lie and then you trying to cover their back and you start lying for them. Yeah, I lied and I told them, yeah, we had the funeral already. It was in Jersey. <laughs> I was like, Ashley, what are you doing? Because he lied about his name. Then I had to continue with that because I told my family what he told me. Come to find out that's not his real name. But guess what? That's his <laughs> name now. And we go, we're just going to go with it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Had me lying, making me look stupid. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But I still say, yeah, that's uh, I do like how you said, you know, I needed to take time to figure out why am I attracting these sort of mm-hmm. individuals? Because yeah. it's easy to just blame like all these dudes were taking advantage. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like you recognize immediately that mm-hmm. this wasn't OK, but you chose to just stay in these. I sure did. I so, saw it. I yeah. saw the red flags. My my intuition told me, the the signs showed me, but I still stayed and I made excuses. Yeah, and so I think the only way we can move beyond that is that if we take responsibility for like our own part in these situations, and not just like obviously people are messed up and they took advantage mm-hmm. of you, but it wouldn't have they couldn't have done it without your permission. Yeah, it's true. I taught them how to treat me. Yeah. I taught them how to treat me, and it was okay to ask for money. It was okay to lie to my face with a lame lie. It wasn't even a good one. Like, (laughs) it wasn't even a good one. It was like, really? 
But we just going to listen to that line. We just going to keep it moving because I love you all. You cute. You know? <laughs> it was me. I allowed them to do every single thing they did to me. Well, you know, Everything. Because I saw it. I saw the red flag. Yeah. I saw it. But you went through those crazy things. Now you got a, a great book. And- yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret anything. I honestly don't. No. I don't. You learned something from each situation. I sure did. At the time, you know, it wasn't good. Now you can reflect and hopefully Mm -hmm. you sharing your story with someone allow them to realize the mistakes that they're making. Yes. And honestly, um, my whole thing now is you don't have time to waste time because when I passed my book over to the editor, a friend of mine was killed by her boyfriend. Oh. And they were only together for two months. And I actually dedicated the book to her. Mm-hmm. They started dating in September and he killed her the weekend of Thanksgiving. Mm. And it's like, that was an eye opener for me. That that was a low, that was like, wow, this is why you're doing it, number one. And you could have been in her same position. Yeah, honestly. She lost her life. The character, or the dude, I yeah. was scared reading this. Yeah, actually. Well, how you think I felt? Yeah, I was scared. I was leaving my house, looking over my shoulder. I couldn't even park in front of my house. I had to start parking up the block, walking home. It was nerve-wracking. Like, he knew where my job was. Like, he knew where my church was. He knew where my house was. He knew all of my moves. So it was nerve-wracking because he, you know, at one time I left my house, I had I think I text. So I stopped texting him and I stopped calling him. He would only reach out to me because that's what I was trying to do. Like break, you know, I would stop going over to see him. I'll stop taking him food. And when I actually said, um, you know, I think it's safe to say that we're not together. And then that, that was like a light switch and he went crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he told me I, he needs me to come and say it to his face. And I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Like I was crying. I was terrified. And I actually did it. And he basically tried to force me to be with him. He was like, yeah, well, you told me you wasn't going to leave me. So we just stuck together. I said, no, no, no. You said that. I never said anything. Mm-hmm. But um, it got to the point where I was leaving my house and certain things I was wearing. He would text me immediately, ask me where I was going and what I had on. So, And, and the fact that I didn't know where he was because I live on a busy street. I had no idea where he was. It just made me sick to my stomach I had to like go to my aunt's house like it was just it was and and I I didn't tell my parents they didn't know so that made me even more nervous no because who to say this crazy man to walk in up to my house or act or have like a professional voice and ask my dad for me you know what I'm saying it was just so much that could have happened and when I gave my book to the editor and I found out that my friend was killed by her boyfriend of only two months. I said, Ashley, that could have been you. And this is the reason why you have to do this. This is exactly why. That's, that's true. So hopefully, like I said, it's serious about out here and mm-hmm. the red flags. It, unfortunately, it could come to that situation. Yeah. And even if it doesn't get that far, it's still like your time is valuable. Yeah. Every moment you waste um, with someone. Seriously. That's really, yeah. It's, a, it's just a waste of your time. And our time is 
is short here, so we need sure to is. make the, the most of it. So I want to say thank you to you for sharing this. Um, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone how they can find your book and read it? Okay, you can go to Amazon.com, um, pull up, put in Red Flags Run, or you can link me on Instagram. I have Red Flags Run. Or you can, my personal page, Ashley W. Gillette. There's no E at the end. I have, you can hit the link tree and it will send you directly to my book. Thank you for your time. I wish you, you so much. And 2019, um, it's going to be a good year. You've yes, I'm claiming it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no more liars and bums. No more. I'm over it. Okay. Over it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that I did. I always do. Um, If you liked what you heard, please do yourself and myself a favor and follow me on Instagram at Stuff I Don't Like Podcast. You can also go to the website StuffIDon'tLike.net for a complete listing of where you can listen to the podcast. There's information about the show, more um, detailed notes. If you guys want to check out any links from any of the people we interview on the show. And yeah, just go to the website, check it out, tell your friends about the website, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And thanks for listening, guys.